today we're touching episode 114. And uh, the topic of episode 114 is life after college. What happens when you enter the workforce? Um, For those of you that don't know HTC, we're a podcast that centers around telling the stories of first-generation college students, high school students, and young professionals that recently enter the workforce. With that, I wanted to take the pleasure of introducing a good friend of mine, Collins Ogogor. I've known Collins for a number of years now, and he fits the mold perfectly of a young professional that's uh, kind of figuring their way out of getting into the workforce and life after college. So with that, I want to let Collins introduce himself and uh, go from there. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Adnan. I appreciate uh, the segue and the introduction. Um, I am Collins uh, Roosevelt E. Ogagor. Um, as Adnan said, we've been good friends. And, um, you know, I currently work for Dow Chemical as a supply chain planner. Uh, my educational background uh, is a very, very humble, but um, a hardworking one. Um, I went to Prairie View A&M University and I got my chemical engineering degree. Um, I did a concentration in bioengineering. And um, before that, I went to Lone Star College and got my associates of science. So went the junior college route then graduated from a four year and found myself at Dow. Uh, Straight out of school, um, I started as a process engineer and um, I would say that, you know, that that segue into the workforce, especially given the time period, um, it was very, very unique. It was very, very interesting. And it taught me a lot. Right. Um, you know, during that time, I graduated um, in May 2020. So it was right in the somewhat on the offset of the beginning of the COVID quarantine lockdown. Yep. I had completed essentially half of my last semester in quarantine. Um, so it was definitely somewhat of a, a rude awakening and a, a, a new way to enter the workforce. So they had us all uh, working from home. And, um, you know, given the nature of the job um, that you did, you would sometimes have to go to the office or the plant rather because um, I started as a process engineer. And um, it was definitely interesting. You know, you didn't get the typical, like, go in the first day, meet everybody, meet your boss. Everything was pretty much done via webcam, similar to what we're doing right now. Um, and, you know, it has its pros and cons, like all things do. Um, some people liked it. Some people did it. And I feel like it just kind of um, highlighted more of the types of, I guess, work that you do, depending on your role and company that you're at. And of course, the nature of the individuals there as well, right? Because some jobs are easier to do remotely while others are near to impossible to do. Yeah. Um, As a process engineer, you know, and as a Dow employee, we managed to make it work. If you know, I would say 2021 and even 2020 was a really, really great year for Dow as far as performance and what the company Mm -hmm. did. So they were one of the examples of um, being able to adapt, basically, and adapt well um, on a global scale in the workforce. So, um, you know, I would say the biggest initial shock 
for me as an individual making that segue was maybe um, the shock. This might be a little bit off the beaten path, but just like the shock of how relaxed and just calm everything kind of was. Yeah. I come from a background where I'm commuting to school like Monday through Friday. I'm an engineering student. All my classes are super difficult. I'm working part-time. Everything's structured, right? Everything's structured. Everything is structured. There's, there's, there's a schedule and period for every single aspect of your life. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm working part-time, uh, waiting tables and whatnot. So it's just like, just going from all that controlled chaos to having a good job, having a different type of structure and having like this self-paced online self-development plan, which is pretty much like what my initial role fell into, you know, um, it's very easy to kind of like ease up, ease off the gas in a sense. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that. And one thing I think, that I want you to kind of touch on and not a lot of folks realize it's not an instant, you know, you graduate and then you start your job, right? I I think when I graduated and I started my job, I realized that there's a little bit of a time period in between, um, in between that. Right. And and they don't really tell you about that in school. Like, you know, the bills still have to be paid. Um, you know, you don't get your first paycheck until, three, four weeks after you start your job. Yeah. So, so was that part of that initial shock? Like, Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm great. I graduated. I have my degree in hand, but it's not, you know, I'm not, it's not started yet. You know, life hasn't started yet really. Yeah. It's, that's definitely something to highlight. And I'm glad you bring that up because there's little things like that, that you kind of overlook in that phase, but definitely being someone that was new, that's something that you had to adjust to, right? Um, I will say the buffer to that is maybe having um, some types of uh, internship or co-op experience because it's it's kind of synonymous in that, right? Like you don't you don't initially get your first paycheck until a couple of weeks in, and then they'll typically prorate and whatnot depending yeah. on your start date and everything. Yeah. Um, so that definitely happened to me. You know, I. I had a bit of a unique situation. Like I, I was, I moved out before I even started, uh, before I graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved out like when the lockdown initially began. So I lived with some colleagues for a brief period of time, mm-hmm. and I couldn't work. Right, so I was one of those people in the workforce. Well, you know, they had basically told us we can't employ you anymore. Um, but if you file for unemployment, you'll be able to like get money that you can use to pay bills and everything, which is essentially what I had to do. So I had wow. to figure that out. And I had to also be intelligent with the unemployment money that I was getting. Yeah. You know, anytime, depending on, um, the situation, like when you're getting money from the government and whatnot, I always keep in the back of mind, like, I'm going to have to pay this back in some way, shape or form. They're going to, yeah. they're going to get it back in blood as they say. So um, with that in mind, I was just a bit more intelligent going in. Um, I remember specifically, and this is one thing I would advise every single person that's going to graduate, you know, depending on who you bank with, you might have to pay, but um, definitely speak to a financial advisor. 
Yeah. Uh, I set up a meeting. I'll never forget this. It was February 11th of 2020. I went to Bank of America and I met with um, a gentleman. I won't say his name, but he's working in the Merrill Lynch side of things now. So he had gone from that you know, brick and mortar location to their investment group. Yeah. And I told him my situation. I said, hey, I'm going to be graduating with a degree. In a few months, I'll be making this much money. This is how much debt I'm in. I want to have a financial plan to move forward um, as far as like getting out of that debt and then becoming a net positive. So that was my plan. That's definitely something that's not typical. And that's something I strongly recommend to people who are about to graduate because then you're already kind of prepping yourself for the the money that you're going to be getting. Right. And you can, it definitely helped um, as far as like, managing the unemployment money intelligently and then also doing uh being smart about like moving into a new apartment um relocating and also being able to take care of myself and bills before i got that first initial dow paycheck yeah yeah i think that's big you know for me you know graduating and starting my new job it the timing was just so i basically ran out of money as soon as i got my first paycheck so, I mean, it, it was fine at the end of the day um, because I got I got my first paycheck and things were OK. Um, but no one, at least for me in college, taught me the importance of, heck, even what healthcare plan to select, what a 401k, you know, what, you know, what, what elections to make on your 401k. How much do you do Roth? How much do you do non-Roth? You know, and, and this this can be a good segue into the next topic I wanted to touch on. You know, a lot of us, we do very technical degrees in college. I mean, a lot of our listeners are probably um, looking into doing engineering or healthcare or something in a STEM-related field. Right. So the degrees in themselves are very technical, but a lot of times the work we do when we graduate may not be as technical as our degrees. Um, and then on top of that, a lot of the life skills that you need, like money management in this case, is not technical at all. Yeah. So was there an initial shock in relation to how much you used your college, you know, your college degree versus how much life skills that you didn't have based on the fact that your degree was so technical and you didn't have time to take some of those business classes or some of those money management classes? Um, a, a bit, right? Like, even though I had taken the steps to talk to people who knew about those things there's definitely the part where you're dealing with it on your own right um you mentioned like 401ks and roth iras very thankful for setting up those meetings with that uh gentleman as -hmm. far as like getting that financial information and basically prepping myself um he made an example as far as like bills and everything like you know it's like your pocket, your wallet's a sieve, right? And the money is going through. Everything that's falling through is like your expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then taking the technical background, like being an engineering student and then going and working and having all these bills and everything and then also doing your job, I would say that I was a bit fortunate um, and also pointed as far as like the role that I got because I'm a, I'm a chemical engineering a graduate mm-hmm. and i really wanted to in my mind it made sense to get a job that closely related to my degree so mm-hmm. 
you would hear process engineer, process engineer, process engineer as a student. But if you didn't do a process engineering internship or something similar, you wouldn't really know how that translated. And I'm talking simple stuff like PNIDs, you know, um, like working on things like that. Like I could just just saying PNIDs, unless you've been a process engineer or worked in that field, you might not yeah. even know what that means off the top of your head, right? Exactly. It's, exactly. It's, it's little things like that. So, you know, I, I always tell people, I'm like, man, with my process engineering job, it related so closely to school. It's like I never left senior design. It's like it just yeah. going <laughs> into yeah. my career. So, and then you realize like, okay, you know, what is the plan as far as developing, right? I'm a young professional now. There's there's more worlds to conquer, unlike Alexander the Great. Like, so you have yeah. the opportunity to create a plan and a path forward. And it might not actually mirror that initial goal or desire that you thought for yourself. You you yeah. like this dynamic, you're allowed to pivot and change. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that um, although it was similar in a regard, it was definitely uh, different as far as the different types of projects that came across my desk and then the different sites that I went to uh, yeah. when I started. Yeah, yeah, now you're you know, what, two, two and a half, almost three years out of graduation, right? And, uh, you know, you mentioned you, you recently started a, a new role, mm -hmm. um, sounds like in supply chain. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a career transition, right? You know, you, you're, you went from a very technical role that's very much related to your degree to now something that, you know, you're still in the chemical field. So there's still knowledge that you're, still using from your degree but now it seems like it's in the more business realm and a lot of folks go through that transition a lot of young professionals do that right in the first couple of years that's the time that you need to be able to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your career so can you touch on that a little bit and your let's say your decision making there um and what what are some inflection points that led you to make that decision that hey maybe you want to you know branch it to a different direction in your career um, and you know, you're two and a half years in, so it, this is kind of the time to do that. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I saw this quote earlier and it, it said, when you're clever, you want to change the world. And then when you realize that you're wise, you want to change yourself. Hence mm -hmm. moving to take that pivot and then go in a different direction. Right. Um, as a young you know, still fresh out of high school graduate, I told myself, I want to have a strong technical background and then potentially become a political figure. That was my goal. You've got Obama playing basketball in the background. I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, you know, that was the, the idea. Maybe do like be an engineer, but also a politician because you don't have a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. Realizing, okay, how did I get myself through school? I bartended, I uh, tutored, yeah. I waited tables. So I formulated these people skills as far as like, you know, servicing individuals and whatnot and uh, giving them an experience. So when you take that and you marry it to potentially like getting a job opportunity and working in a corporate setting, I found, okay, I'm not really finding much joy in this technical um, background and this technical work. But it's still 
giving me that basis and that foundation, being able to digest and absorb very detailed and intricate um, projects and work, and then being able to find solutions, being able to give people options as far as like, this is the problem that you're having. And based off of the nature of said problem, you have options A through C that are viable because of maybe pricing, liability, and, and other things of that nature. And you kind of just work with them to figure out the best option for them. Yeah. The technical expertise and support guy. Yeah. Uh, but then saying like, I don't want to do this long term. I would much rather work in a an area that's much more customer facing, um, where I'm using those skills that I uh, basically worked on and developed on the side outside of my formal education as mm -hmm. a vendor, as a waiter, and even as a tutor. Um, and just developing that because I've already developed that to a degree in so many years. Let me now do it in a professional setting. Um, yeah. And let me also take the uh, the brief stint that I had as an engineer and basically just work in a more commercial um, side of things. And I had an opportunity within my company because, you know, I work for Dow Chemical and uh, yeah. did just recently make that change. So, um, you know, it's basically having that, having the wherewithal to know what I innately have as an ability and a skill set and then choosing a niche area in order to develop that with the other skills that I developed in an area which might not have been my end goal but still like kind of basically taking the best parts of me putting it to work and then continuing to nurture it as I move forward yeah and that's a that's a really important point and I think a lot of you know first-gen students um, especially ones that or in technical degrees, it's such a, a mountain that you're climbing. You know, when you're a freshman and then you become a junior, sophomore, sorry, sophomore, junior, then senior, um, you know, when, when you finally graduate, it feels like you made it, right? And you did. Um, but I think what a lot of folks realize, and, you know, it sounds like you've realized that, you know, three years in, is that that's the foundation. Uh, but that doesn't, you know, dictate that you're going to do that for the rest of your career really those experiences that you have in the workforce the first couple of years dictate what you truly want to do. That's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, getting a medical degree, but then doing a special specialization um, after you figure out what you want to do. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in this case, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And, and, and taking back on this topic, you know, one of the things that I really want to do for our listeners is give them some like tangible things that they can take away from. And, and that's a good you know, let's say transition into the kind of the, the later part of this, the conversation that I want to touch on is, you know, let's say, let's say you had the opportunity to go back in time and, and go, go to Collins, let's say the, the final day of school, the day you're graduating, the day you're getting your diploma. And with the knowledge that you've gained now in the last three years, post-graduation, what are some things you would tell your old self or your, let's say, back in time self, things to look out for, things to do differently based on what you know now? Um, excellent. Excellent point. You know, basically just keep your resume up to date as much as possible. Um, not so much focusing too much on it, but make sure you're doing viable work that can translate healthily to your resume concerning the mm -hmm. work that you're doing right now. 
um, be more aggressive in seeking those opportunities. And then on the financial aspect of things, like stay the course as far as paying off your debts. Um, you could stand to be a bit more aggressive in that regard and then just limit your expenses. You know, lifestyle inflation is very, very real. And albeit fun, at the end of the day, you know, everyone has to answer for what they did. So yep. what they do. And if you formulate bad habits, it'll be hard to break. So yep. at that point, I had not come into that money and I was already in a good position to, um, you know, basically adhere to all of these things that I would tell myself. But I would just really t like focus on staying the course and also taking care of your health and whatnot. Right. Really, yeah. really like learning, learn more about the benefits that your company offers you so that you can maximize on those whether it's retirement and then um, healthcare and insurance, definitely, definitely, definitely maximize that to where you are getting the most benefit both financially and um, savings wise, right? I'm talking HSA, I'm talking uh, healthcare as far as high deductible, low deductible, definitely take care of that um, and stay on top of that uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, one thing that I, re I realized kind of, and I'm sure you did as well. There's people out there in, in companies that are super excited about giving you advice on these things, right? Yes. You know, the first the first day I joined, and I remember I didn't know what the heck a Roth was, and instead of just struggling through it and, and potentially picking the wrong thing, I just went and asked my coworker. I mean, he's he was in his 30s at the time, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know what what is this?" And he was so excited about scheduling an hour of, of my time and walking me through what that was. Um, and I, and I noticed a lot of folks that come out of school and come into the workforce initially might be a little scared to ask these questions because it might maybe seem like they're like novices or they don't want to be judged, but really a lot of folks now I can say, you know, my age, you know, their late twenties, we really want to help folks that come come you know graduate come out of college because we know how it was like when we were there right and we want to be able to impart our knowledge onto them right so that, that's a really important point i think 100 percent. and you know i'm i'm definitely one of those people like i was one of those people even when i was in college like you know because i took up tutoring you know and i always wanted to kind of like be some type of leader to the people um like around me basically and I tell my relatively younger uh, siblings that, hey, you know, you've got our parents that went to college like 20, 30 years ago, and then you've got me that literally just graduated. So uh, use me as a resource as far as like the things that I'm telling you to look out for, because it's much more apparent and the times are the things that I'm talking about are things that are happening in real time versus things that might have changed in the past few decades. So that that's definitely a big point. Don't be shy when it comes to asking questions because you're just a bachelor at that point, literally, because you're getting your bachelor's degree. Um, yeah. You're young, you know, you're not expected to know these things, uh, but yeah. you are expected to be hungry and ask for that knowledge. So yeah. um, just be an empty cup, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, that, that last point really sums up this conversation well, and I kind of want to take this time to thank you Collins for, for, uh, you know, your time and, and Pleasure. a lot of, a lot of the energy today, because, 
this is a really important topic. And, and I think, I hope that some of our listeners will take away um, some really good advice that you've given them from our conversation. And, and with that, you know, I kind of want to wrap the episode up. And, and once again, thank you for taking the time and, uh, you know, looking forward to more conversations soon. Cheers, as always, man. Thank you, Adnan.